Um, so I think that that about sort of wraps up in terms of talking about Lynch and, and his art and stuff. It's just myself and Andrew. Um, and I'm very Don't curious. Don't ever say that wraps it up. <laughs> we, we may need to go back to that well. <laughs> yeah. Drink deep and descend, Andrew. Um, but yeah, so this is the part of the podcast that I've been looking forward to all day. I want to manage your expectations, Derek. <laughs> this is the moment where, like, you know, we've been asking all of our guests all day, and they've been fantastic, and they've come on, and they've been very game, and like, we really are thankful for every single one of them that's come in um, and talked about this. Um, but now it's it's you and me alone, Andrew. Um, and I want to ask you, what is Twin Peaks about for you? Well, and we're for, gonna, and well, and we'll talk about how you watched it because you this is your first time watching it through and through from end to end, I believe. Yeah, I mean, what. It, like, what do you want me to do first? Because as I was writing it, as, sorry, as I was watching it, <laughs> um, I was writing down little notes. Um, my notes generally don't uh, <laughs> necessarily lead to anything. Uh, Much like Twin uh, Peaks, The Return itself, arguably. Yeah, yeah. It's just kind of a series of things that I wrote down while I was watching <laughs> it. Not, not generally fun sentences. <laughs> just general um, thoughts. Sometimes it's a quote. Sometimes it's a little uh, smiley face with the with the name of a character next to it. Oh, that's kind of cute. Well, yeah. I feel like we should we should take pictures of this and sort of tweet them out. The Andrew's notebook or guidebook. Some some of them like um, just uh, are frustratingly low in context. Like I've written down <laughs> here, Lynch is very funny. And then, like, um, <laughs> circled it. <laughs> but I don't know what um, what you were watching at that moment in time. I was watching at that moment. I believe it was Cole. Okay, let's um, let's 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 break this down then before we sort of get to the big question. Because you marathoned this, you mainlined this, you watched this as a binge from beginning to end, pretty much. Like you crammed the return into the space of three days. You were watching it pretty much right until we came into the studio. Yes. So this is like concentrated mainline stuff. This I is finished like... watching it, yeah, five minutes before two o'clock. <laughs> yeah, which explains maybe some of the, yeah, I, I kind of, I maybe underestimate the amount of work involved in setting this up. So the first half hour was a bit rough and that's on me, and I'm sorry. I was very committed to not helping. Um, but no, the, the, like, you got, this is the pure concentrated... That's my role, Darren. <laughs> That's your process. Yeah, <laughs> every every podcast needs, <laughs> needs at least uh, two people, a host and a co-host, <laughs> and and one of them is 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 very capable, and the other one kind of shows up. <laughs> but you you know, get, get, getting a co-host to show up is a difficult thing, Darren. He's <laughs> <laughs> somebody who's going to show up all the time. Well, um, I mean, well, that that's the thing is that like you you committed to this. I I feel I, like. And to be clear to listeners, I was very reluctant. To be very clear to listeners, because this, I want to be entirely clear on this. This was your idea. I just implemented it, and I did ask you, like before, like I say that a lot. I feel really, I feel really guilty about this, and we'll talk about why in a moment. But before we get to why Darren feels guilty about this whole project, I wanted to be clear. I suggested doing a podcast on the return. You suggested it should be eighteen hours long because all of our podcasts are about the length of the movie we cover. And I was like, "Do you really mean that, Andrew?" And you were like, "Yes." Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 I did like the kind of um, absurdity. Insanity, yeah. Of of it. <laughs> I, 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 I thought that would be um, that would be perfect. What I did not realize, I think, what the snag was, was me realizing that what people meant by "it's an eighteen-hour-long movie" is that Twin Peaks: The Return is an 18-hour-long movie. What I thought they meant was Twin Peaks as a whole <laughs> is an 18-hour-long movie. So I figured, like, okay, what? I have to watch eight, 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 18 hours of, of television? Of I can television. do that that's easy. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I can probably even just throw in that movie he did, right? I don't know if that's part of the 18 hours or what. <laughs> um, we'll just throw that in. It'll be fine. And then... And then I realized that, no, this is 18 hours plus 22 hours of the... Um, <laughs> Original series. Of the, uh, oh, no, it's, it's closer to 30. It's 29, I believe, episodes. 30, yeah, no, sorry. It's uh, 30, 31, I, okay. I, I guess. Um, well, if you're uh, counting the extra length episodes, yes, two episodes, yeah. 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 Plus, plus like two hours of... of, of a firewalk with me as well. No, I didn't watch all of season two. No, no, you did. You cheated. You sort of took the hacksaw route. I mean, I would um, still be watching Jay is, it now. Jay is on the bus home and is saying, poor Andrew, to be absolutely <laughs> clear. No, um, no, not at A all, victim like... of his own hubris. Um, 
but no, I, I, I do feel bad because I kind of <laughs> I roped you into this, and you have enough going on uh, with your life at the moment. Oh, no, I know, like, like part of the reason why I haven't publicized this more, like one, one, one reason is that um, I don't have <laughs> <laughs> really an online public persona um, that is that is um, uh, separate from your own and the podcast. Another reason is that, like, if everyone were to see that I'm spending 18 hours <laughs> doing a podcast, they would wonder, why am not I doing the other important <laughs> things, things in, in my life? Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we should actually talk about this, because this is one of the... And again, this is where I feel really bad and I feel guilty. And again, I wanted to acknowledge up front that you... I feel like this is me being Leo Johnson. You really brought this on yourself, Andrew. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the I've been Steven... living with Darren. Darren is a combination <laughs> of several a Twin, uh, Peaks Twin Peaks characters. He has a sense of fun of a Leland Palmer. <laughs> he, he 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 has the 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 cleanliness of of, of Leo of John- Leo Johnson. <laughs> And and the sense of style of a uh, Dr. Jacoby. Wow, th- th- thank you for that, Andrew. Um, <laughs> I'll take one of those three as a compliment. <laughs> but like over the past week or so, because we, we've been living together. Um, I mean, big announcement for the podcast. A long time listeners will be thrilled with that. Yeah. Um, but we, we've been living together. You moved in. Um, and All our bear fans will be disappointed that I've shaved. <laughs> <laughs> but you have... Um, but you moved in anyway, and so I ended up watching Twin Peaks a third time. Uh, th- Twin Peaks: The Return, like a third time in three weeks, bits and pieces with what you were watching, sort of, a, right. you know, sort of alongside. And watching it with you is a joy. And we talked about this, and I think that the, somebody mentioned earlier. I think it might have been Phil, possibly. Um, but the idea of like watching a film or a TV show with another person is a wonderful experience of itself. And it was like I could see your childlike joy when things happened that pleased you. I yeah. could feel. The frustration radiating with you whenever Andy talked about his sperms. Um, (laughs) And I could also like, you know, there's this wonderful sort of like sense of I could just sort of you radiate. You're a very emotive sort of watcher. And that was a really great experience. So first of all, thank you very much for that. But also you crammed like the bones of we watched Firewalk with me on Wednesday night, which means that you crammed effectively 18 hours of Twin Peaks The Return into a grand total of what 60 hours of like and that includes three nights of sleeping and a trip down the country that was completely unscheduled and incredibly short notice so i'm amazed thank you very much i'm I'm, and i feel really bad that i put you through that i really genuinely do thank you no like like the the thing is um it's it's for a good cause. Yes, it is. So I'm, I'm, I'm we raised over, <laughs> we raised over a grant, and you can still donate it at justgiving.com as well. Yeah, keep going, guys. And so it's a very good cause. But um, also, part of the joy of this was also, I admit, as much as I feel guilty, Andrew, there was also some pleasure taken in you watching Twin Peaks in a number of incongruous locations. Yeah. We were riding it on a train uh, because we had to go down the the country unexpectedly on Thursday. Watching the first two episodes of Twin Peaks on the, the return on the train, myself and Andrew sitting opposite each other, so I couldn't see the screen, but I would try to gauge what was happening on screen by Andrew's reaction to it. So the lovely affectionate laughter when Ben and Jerry Horn show up, uh, but also then as we get to the Netflix and chilling scene, which is the moment where he, yeah. Oh, by the way, yeah, Kurt pointed out Lynch would not be happy with how you watch this. No, no, <laughs> absolutely not. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm sorry, Lynch. I'll, I'll, um, once, once a sufficient amount of years have passed, I will come <laughs> back to the show and, and watch it properly. It. Who am I kidding? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, no, it, 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 it wasn't an ideal um, viewing experience. But yeah. I remember you on the, on the like laptops in the. On but I'm the, glad I did it because yeah. I don't think I would have otherwise. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Lynch, but, but even. Even in its diminished state, I'm 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 I'll glad that I, I that I have this now. Um, but I was about to ask, just in terms of, and again, I remember the Netflix and chilling scene, which is in, in the first episode, where you know a couple, a young couple, are watching that's a box. That's official name yeah, now. Are watching a box, and uh, you know, then they they strip down. They're you know getting hot and heavy as they do. Uh, welcome to the two fifty after dark. Uh, Up and down. Yep. Yeah. 
And then, like, it just gets really violent really quickly. I shaking my yeah. head side yeah. to side. But it's great because you're on a train and you're sitting there with the screen up and you're wondering who's sitting behind you um, <laughs> watching the um, watching you watching this. So don't you describe it as inappropriate train viewing, I think was <laughs> the best. Inappropriate train viewing, yeah. Um, which is great. There was an I old agree woman... with Lynch there. It's not an appropriate way to consume uh, Twin Peaks The Return is on a train where other people will judge you for watching it. Uh, but there's also like... I... <laughs> but it was great because there was an old woman uh, on the train car and like a couple of seats behind you that I could overhear talking about young people today. You don't know what they'd be getting up to. And I don't know that she was watching that scene over your shoulder as it was happening because I was watching your reaction and you kind of tilted the screen a little bit away and you held up your notebook at one point. Did you? Did I, am I, am I... I think I think the, I, like, there was a, a combination of things, but I, I think my notebook was, was to shield it from the sun that was <laughs> oh, shining in the okay. window onto the screen. Not to protect you from the other facets of scorn and judgment. Maybe unconsciously. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like... What was it, what was it like consuming it sort of in those environments or in that way in that intensity? Because like we had Brian on earlier, and Brian was talking about how he he had now, to take in a terms run of, of life's challenges. <laughs> it doesn't really it's kind sort of, of like rate. It shouldn't really uh, rate very high. Like I, I I'm I'm very like uh, people are being first world problem being, uh, <laughs> being thankful for uh, being um, kind of feeling sorry for me. But as Amy said, like we're so, we're 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 privileged, we're so to, lucky yeah. to 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 kind of be able to to to, to have the luxury of having the time to watch this. Which yeah, is great. yeah, it's it, and and but but it was, um, I would have liked I would have liked to kind of um, and in fairness, I think you had given me the DVDs earlier. Yes, but the. Um, the thing is that DVD that I needed a DVD player, which I didn't have. Yeah. Now, to, to, again, to be clear, as much as I feel sorry for this, I, there was a good three months lead into this. There was a good three months lead in, in. but it, I do feel I did feel kind of guilty, and it was. No, of, you, you shouldn't have. This is just something that, um, yeah. Um, but I'm glad I did it. So, in terms of watching it concentrate, is that it? Like, are, we, are, we, are we done? Can we wrap up? Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Andrew, have I got some news for you? <laughs> but in terms of, oh, do we want to order food? Actually, we can do. Yeah. Uh, what yeah. are we feeling? I mean, again, this is welcome to the Lynchian sort of podcast hour where we have. Like, are we a, crowdsourcing a, what we're going to eat I, as well? I don't know actually, but I don't know if people are listening in Dublin and want to recommend a takeaway of some description. But yeah, just what was it like watching it in that level of concentration? Because I wanted to ask you, we had we had a discussion when we were trying to figure out how we were going to do this. And you hadn't seen the show yet, and one yeah, of the things I remember, I I said like, who, my I I had this point. Who is this for? Yeah, <laughs> like what? what Who's uh, actually going to listen? Yeah, to this? like like the, 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 um, it's a fair... but, and I suppose it's it's what I what I should know because 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 we have a podcast that I never expected anybody to yeah absolutely to, yeah. to to listen to it at all to listen to that has found its audience. And we're not on Showtime. And we're not David Lynch. <laughs> These things uh, just find their audience. There, there is um, that kind of um, cult audience out there for and like kind of um, having conversations with intelligent people, and they're 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 aware of this yeah. kind of uh, movie. I maybe uh, underestimate that because yeah. I'm thinking like. So what are we expecting people people in in a day when, in in a day and age when there's too much television we're asking people to first watch 18 hours of 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 of, of a TV show yeah. do not bother listening to this podcast if you haven't but uh, but I I actually <laughs> the that, warning comes 11 hours in uh, Darren told me many many times um it no it like it's 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 fine. People don't have to because I was thinking. Surely we have to talk about it episode by episode. Yeah, that's the thing. And like, like be, 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 so that people can kind of, if they want to consume it, they can listen to the the, the recorded ep- version and 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 listen to it. Um, Our watch, podcast. Is watch an episode. Listen to a podcast. Watch an episode. Listen, listen to, to a podcast. Watch an episode. Stop listening to the podcast. <laughs> stop, stop watching the show. Come back two months later. Try it again with a clean slate. But no, um, but 
I was very adamant from the outset, actually, just about uh, approaching it via theme and about yeah. like subjects. So I we, think you're right because I, like, I was wondering. Like, it, I was wondering, like, it, having watched it, it's not it. something that 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 needs to be. And I, I suppose because of the way I watched it, it's it's lost kind of any sense of um, the uh, boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, um, how do they blur the, together? The, yeah, the, like it's 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 um, it's like there's like. Um, uh, all of these uh, sausage links, but they've they've just kind of like filled with air and become one sausage. Yeah. Um, well, that's it. That's what I'm wondering. Like, because you're you're sitting there. If we had tried to break it down episode by episode, hour by hour, could you have done that? I know you have your notes there, but would it have been possible to talk about things like individual characters, like to talk about things in individual episodes without discussing what came later, or without sort of mixing up, or without going off on tangents, or without sort of branching in different directions? I mean, that's. I don't think it would, because even when we're talking about like episode eight, like yeah. I, I find myself going all over the place, and I, the 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 um, the whole idea of as well, kind of. Um, I'm surprised there hasn't been a huge amount of repetition, yeah, which is kind of impressive given the sort of um, given the sort or of maybe like there has and I forget. And he's <laughs> <laughs> so tired that he can't even remember. Yeah. No, no, it is like I mean I'm surprised. Like again, this is the great thing with having the quality of guests that we've had on so far is that everybody has a unique perspective. And I mean, every time that we've asked the question, "What is Twin Peaks about for you?" we've mostly gotten different answers, which is is phenomenal. Uh, which is kind of like because it demonstrates that there's so much in there that you can sort of dig into uh, with your gold plated shovel if you feel the and need. I, to. We 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 could repeat things if we wanted <laughs> to, like this. Uh, <laughs> and you try to figure out how we fill those hours. Yeah, like. I mean, this is a particular piece of art that we're consuming is not afraid of. Like, <laughs> This is the our, our episode eight, which involves us listening to the episode uh, episode. What happened earlier in the same episode of the podcast? Oh, the right hand catches him on the ear, and he finally got goes down, hangs on to the rope, <laughs> asks him if he's okay. <laughs> Round one for now. It's a boxing game again. <laughs> on the right hand, catches him on the ear. <laughs> Oh, we need a ding, ding, ding! Oh, oh, oh it, it, like we we're we're missing a trick yeah. <laughs> if 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 uh, if we if 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 we don't just at one stage like. And it, we'll see if our if our listeners realize that we've actually just placed <laughs> ourselves in a loop, infinitely and without any context. But yeah, so like having watched it all like beginning to end what is your big takeaway what's your sort of pet theory as about in, twin peaks as like, in kind of what is twin peaks about for me yeah like so you you've run the gamut you've consumed it all in an intensity that like most people would envy like in like such a concentrated dose it's like creamed corn you're like bob feasting on creamed corn rather than cooper savoring a cherry pie what what does that boil down to? Like, if you're when you close your eyes now and you think of Twin Peaks, what do you think of? Like, what's the purest essence of that? Well, it's it's very personal. Oh, it, it it's not. I mean, it's something that other people have touched on, but I, I um, and it's not it's not unique. But my my relationship. Um, with it feels personal um, to me. It's something that other people have brought up. I know um, Jay uh, brought up uh, 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 violence against women, but the, 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 this whole idea of of evil and of um, personal demons yeah. um, really was the aspect of the movie that spoke to me because there, there is there. There's evil kind of in a, a broad sense when it's kind of um, outside of um, uh, humanity necessarily. So there's the kind of evils of 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 of, of nature and of, uh, of 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 technology. Yeah. Um, but there's also there, there's. So you talk about the atom bomb there when you talk yeah. about it. Yeah. But there, 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 it's I think something, and I don't think it's it it's something that 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 David Lynch. Um, doesn't think about. It. Sorry, that's a that's a that's a double negative. I think it is something that David Lynch thinks about and is thematically important um, to his movies and his television shows. Is this idea of um, a person not being um, themselves? It, it's yeah. like um, 
I, I think it's Audrey repeats over and over again. It's not me. Um, do you uh, ever I'm, have that I'm, feeling? I'm not me. Do you yeah. ever have that feeling? And it's existentialism you, 101, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, am I, am I your Charlie? Are you my Audrey? You are. Char- <laughs> 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 Thank you. I like this idea that it's turned into humiliating Twin Peaks characters that Darren could be. Sorry, Big I'm Ed sorry. was never, Big Ed was as good as it got. <laughs> it's like, he, he spent he 25 years. Charlie. <laughs> yeah. um, had he more sp- hair. <laughs> he spent 25 years pining in a loveless relationship out of a sense of duty and obligation. Pretty good guy. <laughs> But yeah, no, Twin Peaks is definitely Cucktown. So like, like, <laughs> like you, you have to kind of choose which, which one you want to be one? like. Sorry. It's like, hey, Ed. Um, <laughs> yes, you made, <laughs> yeah, you made it's this like, remark, I think. Yeah. I, I think I did. It's like, you want to come... It was when Nadine is like freaking out and he's just kind of like uh, uh, frowning. And I'm thinking about Norma kind of coming over. It's like, Ed... Do you want to come over and watch my husband make love to me? <laughs> it's like, well, Nadine, I suppose that is my life. That now. is the way the day is going. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I should just give in to this reading. More deep. <laughs> As the resident Dune fan on this podcast, apparently. Um, <laughs> But there, there is. said Moad Deeb would be the biggest. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. This turned into a radical right wing podcast so quickly that nobody ever realized. No, I'm, I'm talking about cuckolding. I'm not kind of like I, uh, associating it with the, with the kind of appropriation of that the term. The appropriation term. Sorry, the way that, I know, I know, and the word, sorry, the appropriation term, but it just feel, feels like you know the way that it, it didn't feel like you were going to say term at the end of that sentence. It just said felt like it was building to the appropriation of that art. <laughs> but um, but it, sorry, but to, to get back to like Charlie and, and Audrey and and the, no, what, I, what the hell okay. are you doing? Okay, fine. <laughs> why are we rushing on? That's a good uh, point. Put a put a put a pin in that. So <laughs> the, 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 um, um, it's. It's it's interesting because in 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 Lynch you you have this recurring um, head trauma, you also have the the, the um, uh, abuse, and in 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 Twin Peaks there there there's there's a lot of um, uh, drug use um, as well, and I I think this is a movie about um, kind of sorry this is a a TV show. <laughs> I noticed that you. Film. Yeah, <laughs> um, we've, we've uh, been using the terms interchangeably. We have. The, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. It's and it's, I think it makes sense. It's it? it's about it's about mental health and and the 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 kind of um, that 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 element of the of the demons that 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 kind of take you over because we, we I mean like I suppose I I I don't know kind of. Um, how comfortable we would be about uh, talking about it, but we know people yeah. who have been um, uh, who have had those experiences to a certain extent. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, like my, uh, 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 my 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 myself as well. Like, I, 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 like, but 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 not not to. I've, I'm one of the kind of uh, uh, lucky ones, but I've had mental uh, health problems. I've also had. Um, uh, head trauma, and while my my home life growing up was uh, was was beautiful, and um, uh, I, like idyllic and perfect in so many ways, my my life in school was not mm-hmm. where where there were there were there were where there was a, an awful lot of kind of like um, a, 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 a abuse kind of like happened there, yeah. and then you end up becoming um, an adult and not having kind of your best self. Yeah. Um and and because and, you're shaped and, by that because you're defined by because that. Because you are. Yeah. And that's like like Audrey is saying I'm not me. I'm I, I, I'm I'm not me. You ever get that sense? It's because you've had you've had that um self kind of uh, taken away. Yeah. By um by I feel the, like I'm somewhere else. You are, have you ever had that feeling, Charlie? Like I'm somewhere else and like I'm somebody else. Yeah. yeah. Cuz she is a victim of of of, of, of abuse, assault, and yeah. and she's also a victim of head trauma. Yeah, the 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 these are um, some of the um, 
when they try to identify kind of um, what do these people who um, who end up doing these terrible things, like in, in kind of um, uh, serial killers, murderers, um, kind of what what do they have in common? And there there are, are, are certain things that you can that you can kind of point to, like ab- 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 abuse and head trauma. Yeah. Like uh, and 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 the, and you think of kind of um, I suppose it it's a it's a kind of an optimistic uh, view of the world that these 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 people like are um, are are evil, but it's 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 not it's not necess- it's not it's not their fault. It 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 does seem kind of like sympathetic and optimistic that there isn't there isn't that there is this thing inside of them which um which is necessarily evil or if there is then it needed to be unlocked by these um these by some other external actor or some sort whether, of yeah, yeah. i mean again this is something that i alluded to when i talked about jay the implication i think leyland talks about knowing a bob when he was younger yeah and like exactly. knowing that bob is a metaphor for you know i mean it, it, and again it, 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 whether and, or not he is or not but it, it, like, he can be read as a metaphor for trauma and the implication is did did leyland experience that and is that affecting him and then later on you have sarah palmer later on at the bar where the implication is now, you know, you can joke about whether or not she's Judy or these conspiracy theories, but the implication is that losing her daughter and her husband and discovering what she probably knew all along or having to confront something that she probably knew all along about the abuse that was happening under the house. I mean, there's the great moment in Firewalk with me where Leyland, where Leyland hands, yeah, hands her the drink and she drinks it willingly as if she knows exactly what it is and what it's doing and what it will allow him to do while she takes it. And that sense of That's like, a, and, and like I, 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 I mentioned drugs. Yeah. And as as um, as 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 um, who is it in 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 Fire Walk with me says, um, I think yeah, Sam Sam Stanley he says kind of uh, coffee's a drug, nicotine's a drug, nicotine's a drug. I love Sam alcohol Stanley. is a drug. Yeah. We 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 live in a in a uh, country uh, rife with. Not only kind of uh, traditional alcoholism, but but uh, like people kind of using um, alcohol to kind of express themselves, to 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 kind of eliminate that 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 inhibition, and it's this kind of a, a extremity in 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 Leland and with Sarah Palmer, where she, where she, where she's kind of like um, having this drink. Um, that it, that it, that it, that and she knows kind of where it leads, and yeah. she's having it because of where it leads. Yeah, because it allows her to sort yeah. of detach to get out, get away from it. Yeah. As you point out, like alcohol as, as an if escape. If you if you uh, if you tell people kind of um, to uh, behave themselves on alcohol and say kind of like um, you're uh, you're going to behave like you do um, when you're when you're not drinking, and uh, the reason why is because we'll. We'll give you fifty euros at the end. Um, where ver, ver, versus in a normal situation where people are like, "I've had a tough week. I want to um, let uh, loose, cut loose." Sort of yeah, thing. yeah, and they could uh, let loose in 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 ways that aren't acceptable to um, society. Uh, to society. But it's not them. It's their. It's 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 you know. It's like oh god, I was so uh, uh, drunk. All those things I did. Yeah. And it's not like me being puritanical about it. But they, they um, it's a story that needs to kind of be told. That um, uh, mental health can be uh, can be can be fragile. And I like I I I guess I've I've, I've alluded to that like like we. Um, I'm 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 quite lucky, yeah. but we have we have friends who've been possessed. Less lucky, yeah. if you like, who 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 have had to wrestle so with lucky. those demons. Yeah. Meta- you know, obviously metaphorical, but yeah, and yeah, and it's, and, a, it's and, a, and, processing and, that. And I I I think for me that's what that's what Twin Peaks is about, and that's why it's so kind of um, important and and poignant. Something so kind of the um, it is worth uh, noting that like and kind yeah. of beautiful about uh, about the idea that the idea that the villains of 
it's a difficult thing to talk about because it, 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 cause obviously in 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 anything like this is the 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 um there are victims and there are and 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 there are villains yeah but there 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 yeah. but there is the, the, obviously the the person to whom we have the most sympathy for rightly yeah. is the victim is 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 the victim we also kind of um i don't think it negates that to 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 think about how sad it is that the that the that the perpetrator has come to to that or that I that's mean, normal for them yeah. or that they thought they could um and that they they had that disconnect from um, reality or from like from themselves yeah, to, to be do honest. something so yeah. and and, well, and and i mean that's a very optimistic view but i, I like I, I well there's there's I definitely like something from, in there from knowing people who've who've yeah something in there about like knowing a, myself yeah. when i do, when i when i've done bad things sorry I was just I was thinking again about Leyland Palmer, and I mean earlier on in the podcast I talked about how you know maybe Cooper's mission to bring Laura Palmer home was not a good thing in that like her her decision to to act with agency in Firewalk with Me and the fact that it's a directive that comes from her father, Find Laura, who was her abuser. But there's also a great deal of sympathy in how Leyland is portrayed in the two sequences that we get with him in the the Return, where he's sitting in a chair and he looks broken and he looks pleading and he yeah. looks like he's trying on some level to make it right. Like it, you feel a real and it, again and even when Firewalk with Me, where like it's very clear that he's doing these things and that he's you know he's responsible for this but even then you still feel a pang of sympathy for him when Bob brings him up and tears him open and lays his guts almost out to the you know for people to consume or for you know but yeah imagine what it must be like to to be Leland and to have that kind of like moments of of realization yeah and and I think it's there's a surprising amount of empathy. And this is this is something that's interesting because I, I was talking about this with somebody about Lynch's work and they're talking about the violence on display and we talked a lot about the violence. And Lynch has been very candid about the violence. He likes, like, he doesn't like TV and movie violence. He doesn't like the way that movies and TV make violence look clean. Um, and the way that, the, you know, they tend to, like, it's one shot kills a person, generally speaking. Um, and it's a, a shot that leaves a minimum amount of blood. Like, even yeah. here, there's an emphasis on, as you point out, exploding heads. But there's a sequence where Chantel is shooting Todd. And, it, you know, sort of, his assistant is, is there. And she shoots him. And you point out that she shot him on the wrong side. Yeah. And she's walking out to leave and he groans. And she has to go back and shoot him. But Cause, like, Because she manages to shoot... Um, Todd right in the head. Todd, yeah. Um, from, from... A from, great distance away. From, from a great distance away, yeah. Um, and then shoots the assistant in the lung. I think straight away it's like... Oh, come on, David Lynch. <laughs> a recurring like... 250 motif for new listeners is Andrew complaining about inaccurate portrayals of violence. Yeah. Anton Chigurh, you were like, that's a really ineffective choking mechanism you're using on that deputy, I believe, was one of he's my... He's going to get away. <laughs> All he has to do is just wriggle in the right direction, roll over, and he's fine. Yeah. Uh, but um, but I, I was... Um... Like watching that, thinking that, and then all of a sudden you hear, you hear, you hear the guy, and he's like, <gasps> and yeah. it's like, yeah, of course, you shot him in the lung. <laughs> he, he's he's got to have uh, like he's 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 got to start like uh, uh, coughing up uh, blood and that, but this guy isn't dead, yeah. so yeah, he, he goes goes back to. But I mean, like people talk about the violence in Lynch's work and it being Ooh, sort of it, no, 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 but, but uh, it was a tangent to come back to what you were talking about and this idea of empathy. And I mean, we can mm. we can talk about and expand that stuff later on I suspect when we have Andy on about four o'clock we talk a great deal about evil and stuff like that but to come back to what you were saying about empathy and compassion yeah. um, the thing about Lynch for me and again this which, is something that like which, you get it or you, sorry you get it or you don't and and the thing is that people are like and again I, I watched this a couple of times in the lead up to this one of them was on St. Patrick's weekend uh, when I was home with my family and I would have had it on the big television and my mom and dad were kind of in and out. They weren't necessarily huge fans of, of it, but there were times when they were sort of transfixed and times when they were engaged. But my mom was asking me about the level of violence on display and kind of why this is a very dark, horrific, brutal, violent show. Right. And I, I couldn't agree with that. Um, and it's like, I understand that it is dar- it is violent and it has dark moments. But the thing for me about Lynch, and we're gonna, we may talk a little bit about Americana uh, later on specifically, but Lynch is a director who, for me, has always been defined by his empathy. 
and his compassion for his characters. And like that's what the the roadhouse scenes like recur throughout where Lynch seems to look at his characters who are in these horrible situations and he doesn't judge them and he doesn't seem to condemn them as much as you might think. Even Stephen, who's abusive of Becky. And like you get that horrific sequence, the, the really graphic sequence where he's attacking Becky in the trailer. And he's covered with saliva and spit. And this is him at one of his lowest moments. And she's terrified, rightly so. And it's never clear whether he's physically abused her. But it's very clear that the relationship between them is he's toxic abusive. and hurtful. Yeah, yeah, it is abusive, to be absolutely clear. But like you have that. And then you have the sequence with... Stephen, when he's in the woods by himself, not by himself, but with with the the woman he's sort of Kirsten. cheating, Kirsten. No, and, they, they, that's uh, that's Kirsten Hayward. Oh, okay. Is it? Yes. Oh, it's one of the Hayward sisters. Yes. Oh, cool. That's pretty awesome. She 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 uh, she's the one playing the piano. Yeah. She uh, she got top marks in uh, in English and maths like her sisters. So oh. now she doesn't feel so um, so dumb. One one of whom doesn't appear in this show uh, and is conspicuously absent. But yeah, that's that's interesting. But I mean, Stephen, that scene with Stephen where we were he's, hardly going to uh, yeah. cast her a third third time. time. <laughs> I feel like that would be sort of like um, sort of taking the piss. But like that sequence where Stephen is fumbling with the gun, you feel an, an a sense of almost pity for him. Like you do feel like he's he's obviously dangerous to Kirsten, and you're worried about her. You feel like even this guy who's implicitly involved in the drug trade, who's abusive to his partner, who is bad news through and through, he's vulnerable and he's, yeah. There's something truthful as well about the the love um, uh, between them. I mean... Between Becky and Stephen or between... Yeah, but uh, 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 as in... in, (laughs) Love is not necessarily like um, appropriate with somebody who you should be in love with, you know. But they, 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 they are in love. I, I mean, I, I, I think certainly she's in love with him. Yeah. Um, but as well, you, you, you. Well, you have. I love how you love me. Is how Lynch sort of overplays that, like plays over that sequence where she's taking yeah. the drug and is sort of staring into space. Uh, which is a beautifully shot sequence. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. It's so great. And um, and and Amanda Seyfried kind of like is able to play both the kind of the extremes. Like, yeah, yeah. The the kind of loved up kind of like beautiful kind of scenes and also the the really uh, desperate dark and desperate. Yeah. yeah. And and this is the thing where Lynch has empathy for all of his characters, even as he acknowledges like. And again, this is the thing. Where it's a very tight. You know, it's one of those things that's very hard to do, like as a storyteller and as a filmmaker. I mean, again, going off on tangents, but that's grand because we have the time. I'm thinking of like I saw the aftermath. Um, oh, I love how you love me is the song. I believe is the sorry. I'm, did I mispronounce it? <laughs> did I say? I, it, it, uh, I, it, we may it, be entering the you don't have to understand everything it's <laughs> okay if you don't know what instant coffee or music is that's uh, yeah I don't understand how these things work but I was I was thinking by like, the way I, I meant to say earlier on it's um, it's these soluble granules of coffee <laughs> that you just pour um, boiling water over or sometimes it doesn't even have to be boiling um uh, yeah, and that's uh, that's what instant coffee is. Oh, thank you very much. You're very but, welcome. But um, <laughs> I feel like I've, I've grown as a, as a human being over the course. Of, if you take one thing away you from this podcast, you have it in your house. Um, that's what that is. That is. What <laughs> that is. Um, I am Dougie. Like, I am literally Dougie. Um, <laughs> like um, and um, and Lucy as well. <laughs> it's like so. The now I understand Dolce instant coffee. Gusto is also coffee. <laughs> and these Nespresso pods, they're coffee. <laughs> um, um, is instant coffee coffee? Um, but no, just just to get I'm back. Sorry. No, not it's entirely fair. <laughs> um, but like to get us back to something vaguely resembling a point is that like Lynch has this like there's this sense of like even characters like. Todd, who's the middleman in Las Vegas in this sort of like criminal enterprise operation, has like this moment like early in I think it's the third episode where he's like, why, why do you work for him? And he's like, I pray to God you never find yourself in a situation where you have to answer to somebody like him. And you feel almost like a pang of like 
some level of sympathy for this character who is like ordering assassinations left, right, and center. Um, you know, using hitmen like uh, not very good hitmen. It seems apparently Todd's not really very good at his job. But I, 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 the Spike needs somebody to stand Mike. up to him. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, everyone's too polite these days. Yeah. Somebody I, comes into the office. Oh, sorry, you can't come in here. <laughs> and then he just starts killing them. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, um, sir, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Afraid that's not permitted in here. Uh, you'll <laughs> yeah. have to take it outside. I love, like, Ike the Spike is great. And again, there's going to be lots of these where we talk for tangents about know, I feel minor like, characters. Uh, the, he's um, kind of... Uh, Maybe not not yeah, a good guy like, underneath I it all. <laughs> but I mean, even then, you have the moments, like, the little whimper when he breaks his knife, which again is one of those great Lynch tonal things, where it's yeah. like he's just chased a woman off screen and brutally murdered her with the sound allowing you to hear it. And he wanders back into shot and his knife's bent. And he just goes... Yeah, and then he has to get a gun, which he hates. <laughs> yeah, and that leads to his palm being sort of torn off. We have your whole palm. Um, but yeah, but okay, accepting maybe characters like like the Spike, Lynch has a great deal of sort of sympathy for characters who you are... You feel sorry for Ike the Spike? Even when he held his little knife and made the little whimper noise. Or the bit where he ha- puts his hands up in the hall when he tries yeah. to run away from the cop. When he's on television, he's like, oh, how humiliating. <laughs> I imagine that's how he talks. <laughs> I, do we get to hear Ike the Spike at any point? We do. He's on the phone call. He... <laughs> It's great. This uh-huh. is Todd. Todd is just a pushover. Like you talk about somebody needing to stand up to Ike the Spike. He gives a little phone call to to Todd to DT, and he's like, uh, uh, "Hit didn't go to plan. Taking sick leave." And it's like, "No, Ike, you had a job. Do your job." I yeah, mean, your palm I'm... is missing. <laughs> Ike the Spike survives. <laughs> he has a happy ending. Yeah, <laughs> somewhere he reforms. He'll be popping up in Twin Peaks season four. But like, like, are are they going to put him in jail for life? I mean, no. (laughs) Probably. Well, hold on, wait. I mean, if they can pin all of those, which they probably will. Um, (laughs) So why do they call you Ike the Spike? (laughs) You used to play football or something? Um, (laughs) No, you idiot. It's because I kill people (laughs) with the spike. I'm very proud of it. It's my brand. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, there's like... Lynch, though, and again, even like, say, Tony. Prove it. Where is your spike now? <laughs> yeah. It's like, funny story. <laughs> um, but like, even say, take, for example, um, the character of Tony. Tom Sizemore. Tom Sizemore, yes. Yes, how did we not get that? Sorry. Yeah, I was wondering, like, who, who were, uh, I, am. I, I, I did know that I was Tom Sizemore, but funny enough, I didn't recognize him the first time he, he, he was there. He's got a terrible diet job. <laughs> like, like, um,. <laughs> It's 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 one of those really horrendous ones. I, I, in fairness, I don't think it's like that. Tom Sizemore normally has that. No, I think, I think he's been stylized very yeah, consciously. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, even for him, there's a level of sort of like pang of of sympathy. Although it's a bit of a joke. I love that sequence where he can't go through with the murder of Dougie, which is one of those great Dougie. Oh, yeah, no, like as, as as far as Twin Peaks go, like um, the um, um, uh, what is it, Anthony um, Scaramelli? Uh, no, no. Um, the 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 name of Tom Sizemore's character, yeah. Anthony Sinclair. Sinclair, apologies. Yeah, is it? It is Anthony Sinclair. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew does not have notes. I Nailed have notes, it. and somehow Andrew got that first. <laughs> um, yeah, that, like as, as far as Twin Peaks character characters go, he's fairly sympathetic. Yeah, because like he's he's not this kind of. Um, uh, malevolent kind of uh, mendacious character. He's not multifarious. I'm just going to my uh, thesaurus. thesaurus to dig all these <laughs> um, out here. The, when when he's trying to convince the Mitchum brothers that um, that Dougie is evil, it's so cack-handed. <laughs> <laughs> Douglas Jones is your enemy. <laughs> what I'm saying is you've got an enemy in Douglas Jones. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I mean. Um, any any anyone who's kind of doing their best yeah. <laughs> um, can, can definitely sympathize with with, uh, with Anthony. But I mean, even things like say that the woman at the slot machines, who's initially presented in the early episodes, like when she's bothering Mister Jackpots as he's known then, but Dougie when he's pulling the cord and sort of like doing the hello, um, she's presented as sort of like this scruffy character who's very much down on her look, um, and she's. 
Like she's presented, like she's she's seen sort of like scaring him away, and she's seen like unwilling to share. And then later on, you see at the end of I think is it the ninth or tenth episode, she comes over and she visits the Mitchum brothers, and she says, "I hope you know how special this man is." But she's talking about how because she was able to have money, because she was able to like she because she won that jackpot. She's able to reconnect with her son. She's able to go to fancy restaurants. But she seems like she's in a much healthier place. And there's something very humanist about that approach. Where Lynch is... Like, maybe people aren't inherently evil. Maybe yeah, they're not inherently no, I, bad. I, I, it's just... Yeah. Um, I believe that. It's that, just... Uh, then, and maybe... maybe, may, uh, maybe oh, by the way, um, naive, but I think it's the point that it's trying to make. Uh, Brelva on, on the podcast... Uh, sorry, on the chat group here has pointed out that... Uh, Anthony Sinclair looks like a Francis Bacon painting, uh, which is not at all like an inaccurate description. That's actually really good. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just this. It's episode for part 11 where she shows up and she's like, um, I was able to reconnect. And there's something very touching in that, something very like sweet and affectionate in the idea that. Uh, I have a question for you. Dan. For me. Yeah. Is it that you don't use the toilet enough or is it that I use the toilet too much? <laughs> One of us has to man the mic. I'll be taking some, I'll be disappearing uh, in a little while for about 10 minutes, I suspect, to be absolutely clear. Okay, okay. Um, well, uh, may, <laughs> may, also, also, may I go now? <laughs> you may go now. Thank you, Andrew. Um, and we begin the process of stalling frantically. Yeah, it's um, possible that neither of us are <laughs> Just one extreme or the other. It's that Twin Peaks double thing. If you average us out, we'd be pretty healthy. One, one of us is Mr. C and one of us is, is Dougie, unfortunately. Yeah, I'll ask yeah, we're just going to like, um, become Agent Cooper. <laughs> eventually. And eventually Richard. Yeah, you could work like clockwork. <laughs> you could set a clock to his BMs. I, I am the FBI. Thank you, Andrew, for that mental image. The listeners are now struggling frantically to get out of their heads. Yeah, I mean, Cooper ate a lot of cherry pie and coffee. <laughs> that probably kept him regular. Probably. <laughs> thank, um, anyway, you could, <laughs> thank you for that mental image. I'm glad that we're discussing this on live radio. Yeah, yeah, Darren... Darren is like, no, no, please stay, stay. Don't no, no. This. <laughs> <laughs> um, Andrew's cunning plan to get himself out of the room has worked like a blinder. But yeah, no, I, I definitely think that there's there's something sort of interesting uh, in there. And in particular, like I find, and this is weird, because again, we, we've talked in the podcast a bit a lot, um, or a bit in the past about how I'm not necessarily the most sensitive of, of film viewers. I don't cry very often at films which is strange because again people think of films as, as a usually emotive experience and they are and they move me and I, I genuinely feel it and you know one of the recurring jokes in, in the podcast that we co-host is like did Darren cry at this movie I think that like there was a moment in your name which is, is an anime film it's a fantastic anime film I really wholeheartedly recommend it but there's a moment in that where I was watching it with three people um, and it's a usually affecting moment where something horrible happens and the two characters uh, who you're meant to care about go through something horrific and are torn apart and like everything that they fought for is kind of lost and they're lost to one another. And the three people I was watching it with were all in tears and I laughed um, perhaps because part of me was on the wavelength of the movie of like, well, this is certainly the worst thing that could have happened to these two people. But watching Lynch's films and in particular The Return to get it back on topic is that I genuinely feel a level of emotional connection there and I genuinely feel a level of emotional warmth and compassion and Lynch has this within him um yeah, Edna Ed Norma. I, I cried at Edna Norma. Uh, one of the sorry, uh, Brelva just put point out there. I talked earlier on about how I did cry uh, during the Edna Norma sequence, and um, I just it because and again, this is me who doesn't cry at things, who doesn't cry at Coco, uh, who doesn't cry at Your Name, um, who doesn't cry at you know most of the Oscar nominees each year, um, and that just made me weep like a baby. I think I paused the program uh, so I could like properly process what I had just seen, which is a, an incredible level of emotional. Uh, investment from from a TV show where you're supposed to have that sort of gap between you and the screen uh, and where you've had that gap of 25 years. And Lynch constantly gets me on that level, um, which is strange because I've been described as somebody who's overly academic and I've been described as somebody who thinks far, far too much about the mechanics of, of what's going on. No. And, and yeah, I know. I, I know. We're hosting an 18 hour podcast about the, the Twin Peaks, to be absolutely clear. But 
Lynch's like, Lynch's films actually make me, or, and particularly The Return, makes me feel more than think, if that makes sense. In that I have a stronger emotional reaction, and at the heart of it um, is a lot of heart. At the heart of it is like a real genuine, and this is the thing with, with Lynch, and we talk about how like eccentric he is, and we talk about how nobody sees the world like him, and all of that's entirely true. Um, and like we, we've counted like countless examples of like how Lynch is almost immune to critical analysis because you're like, well, the Red Room clearly symbolizes uh, the post the pre-colonial settlement of the United States, and you're like, no, he put his hand on a bonnet; it was hot. That's where the Red Room comes from. Um, but at the heart of it, it all, like it can be two things. It can be two things. Um, but at the heart of that is this incredible warmth and humanism, and a sense that Lynch, on some level. And I think he does understand people. And I think he, like, you know, as difficult as sometimes Lynch can be to understand, I think he does understand himself. Um, as in, like, he understands other people. And there's a level of curiosity and compassion in his work which just astounds me and really makes me feel. And it's strange when you think of Lynch as a director who's, like, nominally more um, sort of removed, who's who's sort of nominally sort of harder to process. Mm. Um is that like even when I don't understand what's literally happening on the screen in front of me, I understand it on an emotional level. Like we think of Lost Highway. Um, have you seen Lost Highway? Andrew? I uh, is is Robert Loja. <laughs> yes, it? yes, it yes. is. He's the gangster. Yeah. Yes, um, I have seen that. But yeah, like that's something that is a film that doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense on an intellectual level. And if God you were to damn ask it, me, if you were to ask I hate me, tailgate. <laughs> If you were to ask me to summarize what Lost Highway was about ah! using regular language, I would not. But emotionally, I understand that it's about a man who has done a horrible thing and who is so horrified by the feeling of having done that thing that he literally becomes a different person. Um, and that's something that I don't intellectualize. It's something that I don't like understand rationally. I don't need there to be magic behind it. I don't need it to have a system or a code or a structure. It's something that I understand on a purely emotional level because, again, and this is maybe getting deeply personal, who hasn't done something and wished that they could be somebody else? But who hasn't done something and maybe felt shame about it or guilt about it or wanted it not to be true or wanted to believe that they're not... And you talk about this. this you've talked about this and it's funny that we're sort of like circling back around this idea. But the idea that like you've done something and it's not necessarily all that you are and you've done something horrible and it's not the sum total of what you are and maybe it's not even who you really are um but like wanting that not to be true or wanting it not to be the case or trying to find a way to, to, to kind of to navigate it and i mean that's something that a lot of people if you're trying to make sense of lynch's work academically it you might struggle doing that but like emotionally, it, it's something that rings very, very true to me, um, you know. And and that's kind of it's interesting that I that I kind of that that's how I respond to Lynch. Um, and that that's sort of like that's and it, what Lynch is about for me. For you, yeah. I know we we really got to the bottom of this. We can wrap up and call it a night. Um, <laughs> Amazing. I I I I, I uh, thank you, Darren. For uh, we we have um, a, a text from uh, uh, Marianne. Uh, uh, she she says uh, uh, shout out to the arm. We actually have phone in listeners. This is great, not just on the chat group. This is amazing. Twig with 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 chewing gum on top, with the ball on his head. And this is kind of this is one of the things that I I like about. Let's talk about. There was some really great the arm stuff that 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 Marianne hasn't seen yet. Oh, actually, this is the question because I know Marianne watched some of this with you. Yes, and she watched episodes three and episodes four. Yes. Having not watched episodes one and episodes two. And Marianne, I am sorry for that or happy for that, whichever one it is. Maybe it was half of... I I forget. But anyway, (laughs) she watched it with like... You watched it, you sort of dived in, but she watched it with a minimum amount of context, having not seen the previous two episodes. Like, like she... she, In fairness, uh, she'd seen more um, Twin Peaks than I had. (laughs) I remember uh, trying to explain it at some point, and she was like, "I've seen Twin Peaks." <laughs> I get the basics. Okay, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but um, okay, so is she? Do you know if she plans to finish it, or is uh, like, is there? I don't know. All right, <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll, uh, Marianne, we'll... if you're listening, please feel free to text us and let us know. We're eager to engage with something. But let's talk about the arm. Yes, because I mean, we're always happy to have topics that we're pointed to by listeners. The arm is something else, isn't it? 
It's incredible. And I mean, like, it's one of the most iconic characters. The man from another place is how he's introduced. He's played by um, the actor, and I can't remember his name, but he's entirely absent from the... um... Is that not... That's an actor? Um, (laughs) Do you not remember the... It's such a physical transformation. (laughs) But you know, Michael Anderson, I think, is his name. Um, The man from another place. Um, But yeah, Michael J. Anderson, thank you very much. We just just got that in there. But yeah, he's the dwarf. He's the dancing dwarf. That's oh, the really? arm. Yeah, the, the arm, the evolution of the arm. So the idea is that Mike cut off his arm. Ah. And his arm became sentient. And that's why in the second season finale, the two of them come together, where uh, the arm literally connects himself as if he's Mike's missing arm. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, we just had a, like a moment of revelation here. Now, that, at least that's how I interpret it. It's... Um, I'm just shaking like his entire like they're facts but they I know, no, I know, sense. I know I know I say these things like they're facts they're, you know it's entirely possible that I'm wrong or like it. Do, I, maybe there isn't a right or wrong but like that's how I interpret it I always read it as the arm because like, he, he says it Lynch to him Lynch is in, all these puzzle pieces and you're like oh look they fit together and it's like so <laughs> <laughs> Tony Ork is, is so glad that so Tiny Ork so uh, Marianne is now in the chat she's here for the arm chat let's have an arm chat then because arms are arms are surprisingly important in the world of Twin Peaks obviously uh, arm wrestling uh, yeah that's it exactly arm wrestling with Dougie but you also have like the weird the, there's a tingling sensation in, in his arm Dougie feels the tingling sensation in his arm before he's transformed for example like it, 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 for an arm wrestling um, uh, uh, scene we we when 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 watching Twin Peaks late at night would often turn off Twin Peaks and Predator would be on. <laughs> one morning, the wonders of Sky programming uh, yeah, yeah. in in the UK one and Ireland. You end up accidentally staying up until half one. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I don't feel so sorry for you watching no, Twin Peaks. It's no, like, no, I, I, I stayed up watching like, Predator. <laughs> I'll just watch this bit while he unloads this minigun, <laughs> um, and then it's like, oh, they're setting another trap. I'll just see how the trap uh, T- turns out. Uh, yeah. it turns out. I mean, you've and never seen like, the movie before, right? No, no. Um, <laughs> I may have. Um, <laughs> but, but I don't think I... Don't, yeah, anyway. Uh, but we cut from the arm wrestling scene to that sequence where it's like, Dylan, you son of a bitch! And, <laughs> yeah. and they sort of grab each other's arm. Yeah, That's an exactly Arnold Schwarzenegger's arm. But you have that wonderful close-up. And I saw this because you turned off Twin Peaks last night and Predator was playing again. And it was like, let's just stay until they do the grabby arm bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> which is one... Pushing too many pencils in the CIA. <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're, I love that that's a sort of one of those wacky... like. Twin Peaks sort of synchronicities or sort of like coincidences but like the arm is, and again this is this ties back into actually and watch watch me do this watch me tie this back in to what we were talking about earlier with regards to what you were talking about Twin Peaks and this idea of like guilt and this idea of like responsibility and the idea of like struggling there's this question about like are we just our arms like are we as people or as entities in the world of Twin Peaks are we more than just our arms? What our arms do? What our hands do? Are we more than those? And can we, like Mike, separate ourselves from our actions by like copying, chopping off the arms symbolically as an extension of that? And then you have all the how that all that ties in to things like uh, yeah, Dougie, you've given me a lot to think about. <laughs> No, this is the twist revelation. But <laughs> Darren is Dougie no, all along. No, this is genuinely here. amazing. The, 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 um, that whole kind of idea of of arms because Mike cuts off his arms. Yes, so he that doesn't he, want to be he doesn't want to be defined by 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 what his arms do. Yeah. Because he wants to sort of separate from himself him. and Bob because yeah. that's not who he believes he is. And it happens repeatedly throughout. I mean, you have this, like, again, this, this is the arm and the it's evolution like of Andrew thing. goes to the bathroom again. He's <laughs> <laughs> ashamed about what he does with his arms. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew, for that mental image. I'm sure our listeners appreciate it. Um, ty- Marianne would like it known that she is only her right arm. <laughs> whatever whatever your left arm gets up to, that, that's fine. There's no judgment here. But there is this sort of discussion, like, and I think that is, I think that's something that Twin Peaks is getting at, like, very pointedly. Why, why didn't Mike just kind of sleep on his, <laughs> his arm to, to, to stop Leave it? Leave it Or, like, put a murdering. tourniquet around yeah, it. To stop it murdering. <laughs> I like that you're thinking of this as idle hands, the movie Idle Hands. But, yeah, there, there is this sort or Maybe of, that's what he did. Maybe he ducked his arm. Maybe he put, like, a little rubber band around it. And, and just got just went limp. Off. Yeah. yeah. Just sort of, and decided to wander off. Because his arm is still arguably, like, again, the arm is arguably still complicit at least in Firewalk with me and what Bob's doing because it's when Leyland drags him up and sort of rips the, the Garmanzola out of him the arm is sitting there and ready to feast on it 
So the idea is that even though Mike has separated himself and has cut him off, his actions and his... Carmenzola? Yes, apologies. No, no, no. The creamed corn. You know, the stuff that they're eating, the stuff that they're consuming, Ah, which is like the metaphor for all the sorrow and and shame and and sort of guilt and horror. That's the creamed corn. What's it called? Uh, Garbanzola? Listeners are going to... Okay, Gorgonzola. That's a cheese. Thank you very much. But yes... um, Okay, they're consuming the creamed corn. Okay. Um, but yeah, this is the idea of cream. And again, the question of like, uh, we, we talked a little bit earlier with Phil and Jay about the act of consumption in Twin Peaks. And we talked again with, with Karina actually about how Lynch uses consumption as a metaphor. And there's this interesting thing. I'm not sure we want to go off on a tangent about this now, but sure, why not? Where We have time. <laughs> we certainly have time. But where like the consumption of, of that... Right by the residents of the lodge who exploit human suffering and who literally feed on it. And you have like, and it's great because Firewalk With Me has this recurring juxtaposition of the shots of insides of people's mouths. And they're really disconcerting. Again, this is body horror. The reminder that you're a machine made of meat. But you have like the like the tonsils and the tongue and the swallowing. And you have those sequences, which are constantly overlaid with what's actually happening, as if to suggest what's being what's happening on screen is being swallowed. But you also have like the static that dances across the screen to remind you constantly that you're watching television. And part of me wonders, and again, this is just film school 101, Darren's talking out his arse. But hey, it's 2 a.m. in the morning. Do you know where your freedom is? Um, but basically, this argument that maybe Lynch is getting at the idea that watching Twin Peaks... How do are you know we, it's film school 101? Are, are we, I've never been to film school. Um, but, that's, but like, is... We are now film critics, according, yeah, to, the according to the AV Club. And what else could we... What more could we want for this? Um, by the way, we're getting all sorts of great uh, suggestions about how to pronounce this. Uh, Jamon Borgia is my personal favorite suggestion for how to pronounce the cream corn. Um, it is Garmon Bosia, I believe is what it's called. Apologies. But, like, the idea that, like, are we the Lodge Spirits? Because, again, you talked about how we're likened to the fireman watching the show, like, on the screen and Andy going up to the Lodge or going up to, the, like, the fireman's house and watching the recap of Twin Peaks. Are we, like, the Lodge Spirits who feed on this, like... As we're watching and consuming Twin Peaks, literally and figuratively, are we, like, gorging ourselves on human suffering in doing so? And are we complicit? Or has Darren just gone off on one? The, the part about Carmen the, San Diego has been suggested. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It, it, it was Carmen San Diego, <laughs> yeah, wasn't where, that? Where in the world is... Um, but do, you want, do you want to talk? Let's talk about the, let's continue talking about the arm because the arm is great. And I feel like um, we haven't actually properly gotten there. The arm is that great thing where it's the tree with the bubblegum head. Yeah. It, it, like um, it reminds us of, 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 of it reminded me anyway of a bottom 100 entry Slender Man. <laughs> a little bit. Of, except somehow more frightening. More yeah. of, Well, not somehow. Not unsurprisingly. Better. Better. Um, but let's, let's be in. Like, um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know how controversial this is. But yeah, I'd say better. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's this sort of like um, the evolution of the arm, which is a great way of getting around the fact that, that Michael J. Anderson didn't want to come back. Right, and so Lynch had to improvise around it, and apparently he provides the voice of the the figure actually, which is interesting. Okay. Um. So he provides like so when that does, I am the evil. I, I'm not going to try and do it. I'm the evolution of the arm. Uh, that's Lynch backward masking his own voice, which is pretty great. Um. But one of the things that's interesting about the arm, and this is something I noticed, is that in the final part, after Richard and Linda or Diane and um obviously Cooper, go to the motel and they have literally world-changing sex. It's grotesque. It's horrific. It's one of the most uncomfortable scenes that I've ever seen, but it's literally world-changing. It's not like, did the world shake for you? Did the world change for you? Because the motel that uh, Richard leaves in the morning is not the motel that he stayed at, because the motel he stayed at is a single story and in the middle of the desert. Um, but like he leaves the hotel and it's different. And we talked a little bit about this with Richard at the start and with Niall at the start, this implication that Cooper has crossed over into the real world, into our world. And one of the things that I like is the shot of him as he's leaving, as he's leaving the motel parking lot, you have a shot of a lamp and a quantum level sex is how it's being described in the chat in the, sorry, in the correspondence here. But you have him leaving, you have a shot of a lamp with a little bald head on it and a little tree, a tiny little spindly tree with no leaves on it, as if to say, 
this is the evolution of the arm just in the real world where you don't have killer psychotic trees of bubblegum heads. At this point, I didn't grasp the the, um, <laughs> the change. The world-changing nature uh, of the sex. Because at this point, I had l- lost kind of like the ability to perceive what is real <laughs> and what is and not. What is not. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I was kind of, I, I, that's my, my question is that like, is Lynch to a certain extent, is he teasing? Like, yeah, it's a, the, the way that he lingers on that shot with the tree and with the lamp. Is he sort of suggesting that this is the mundane world? The mundane world is like the world where things are real and tangible and where the Sarah Palmer household is owned by the family that owns the Sarah Palmer household. For, so Palmer. Palmer. Parmesan. Uh, Parmesan. Thank Parmesan. you very much. We're all going to name types of cheese now. But is that the world in which in which we live? And if so, maybe my inspiration, again, maybe the inspiration for the evolution of the arm was Lynch seeing a tree and seeing a lamppost and going, I'll take that round sphere at the top of the lamppost, pop it on top of the tree, and it'll be really weird and disturbing. And I kind of like that juxtaposition. And again, I don't know if that's what, what was doing there, if it's just me. There. Me reading there. <laughs> far, far, far too much into it. But in terms of the evolution of the arm, what about yourself? What, what do you make of the arm? What do I make of the arm? Yeah. The, 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 Sorry, that was a very disarming question. <laughs> hey, hey. Still Darren. got the energy for puns. It's only 2 a.m. I've got a lot more of these. Um, <laughs> the trees all look like brains, uh, Marianne would like to add. The, 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 the trees do look. Like 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 brains. It, 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 it's 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 this strange kind of like head that's all kind of uh, brains. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's it doesn't feel like there's a part missing. Yeah, like nerves is how. Actually, it's yeah. Sorry, um, uh, Brevlon, the chance point out like nerves because you have the trees that almost look like nerves as well, and you have this weird sense that the tree. And again, this is one of those things with Twin Peaks are, where you're wondering: Is have any has anyone been listening since the beginning? And so, why can, are you thinking? Can we just repeat? <laughs> no, I'm 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 asking. I'm starting to kind of like recognize a lot of these names. Uh, we've had a certain spike in listenership. Actually, uh, we've had a very significant spike in listenership, uh, which is kind of cool. 